Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Friends, Romans, countrymen, how are we today? My name is Matt Connor. I am the less stylized, I'm the before picture here with my friend Sterling, who is the after. How are you, my man? Dude, uh, we're doing it. I, I've had myself a day uh, a last night. I'm wearing a hat, so you don't even get to see the ski slope that has become so popular to make fun of on this uh, on this show. Uh, my dog took the Browns to the Super Bowl a lot last night. Cleveland would have been enthused, but I sure was not. Waking up every half hour to take him out. L- little fella had a little uh, stomach bug, so I'm going on about two hours of sleep. And the Chiefs decided to make major moves only, and major is in quotations. (laughs) We, you know, for a Tuesday in which there's not a lot going on, it seems, like things were like trickling in. And I think when you think like, oh, the Chiefs made several moves today, you'd be like, yes, I can't wait to read about them or hear about them. And then when you do, it feels like they came out of like a name generator. Like we signed Jim Garangela and you're like, I don't know much about him. And that's like, cause he has done just about as much as any of the players signed today by the chiefs. We got a lot to get to chief players coming, chiefs players going Tyron waiting, Zadarius spurning. But before we do one thing we don't spurn around here is good beer. Mm, KC beer dare to beer different. Um, it's brewed with only four ingredients, malt, hops, water, yeast. It's just frankly an incredible beer. If you like good beer, you will love KC Beer Company. They brew according to the German purity law of 1516. Like Tom Brady might, might have only been a rookie back then. They use only those four ingredients. Look for the, the the red logo, the red boxes, wherever you can find Casey Beer in Kansas City. They've won awards in Germany, not just America. They've won awards in Germany. It's incredible. We talk about it all the time. We wouldn't promote it if it wasn't just a great beer. We love Casey Beer and Company. Try it out. Send us if you guys try it. Send us pictures. We always appreciate that. But yeah, Casey Beer Company. What a great beer. What a great sponsor. We love them. 
We do love them. We are so glad they're on board. If you guys ever just want to give them a shot, let them, let them know. Let us know what you think. You know, we're up for reviews. We're up for taste tests. That's true with us, too. If you ever want to leave us a review, Apple Podcasts. Maybe not uh, a taste we'll, test of us, though. No taste test. That's <laughs> that's already getting a little bit weird, and we just started the program. <laughs> By the way, Jeff Gibbs just asked, where's the beer then? I don't have any beer. I don't have any beer because Patrick Allen, who doesn't have the guts to appear on today's episode, Patrick Allen owes me beer as part of the convoy. It is stalled right now like a Russian convoy in the middle of, I don't know. I don't even know where I'm going with that. In other words, I need some Casey beer. I need a convoy to make that work. Let's talk some Chiefs. So we have two Chiefs going. Sterling, real quickly, Jordan Schultz reports Demarcus Robinson is close to a deal with the Raiders. I'm assuming that when he was driving to Las Vegas, he actually went backwards towards St. Louis and then to Las Vegas. I'm assuming that's the route he took. So... (laughs) Demarcus Robinson to Las Vegas. Then Jaron Reed tonight reached a deal, it sounds like, with the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. two guys. We didn't expect either guy back. I'm assuming that you didn't expect that. What do you make of their exits, if anything at all? I don't make a lot. I mean, Demarcus Robinson, he's been here for a while now. He was the Chris Conley, post-Chris Conley. As much as we made fun of him for running backwards, he did do a lot of the dirty work, and he did it cheap. I I do want to give that guy credit, right? It's easy to bash on players. I think that he was a good blocker, and he did a lot of the things that the front office valued. I think Mahomes trusted him, right? Sure, he was the third, fourth option but you want someone that your quarterback trusts i'm glad to see him moving on his role here was gonna be minuscule at all uh with the news of juju smith schuster that's fantastic for kansas city juju is a great blocker he's a souped up version of demarcus robinson i'm happy for for d rob i appreciate his contributions to the team but it was time to move on jaron reed he had a good six games here he was on a milk carton for the first about what 10 games yeah. he was found and that was it. I it's going to be one of those those trivia questions where you look back and say Jaron Reed, huh? Wow, he played for Kansas City? Yeah. Well, like that's that's what it's going to be. I'm not necessarily sad by either of those two departures. Uh, I guess you could say D-Rob going to the Raiders. Oh, what a traitor. I guess the Raiders saw what he did against them that one game and go, but only if he could do this for a full season. And we'll have to say, well, guess what? We've been waiting in Kansas City for that to happen too. Yeah, I um, I don't think anyone's going to like majorly miss these guys. I'm interested in how this affects the – that wide receiver room has had a lot of continuity for a long time. And Brett Veach and the coaching staff really seemed to appreciate having known quantities there. Fans look at it and they're like, these aren't quantities I want. And the coaches and I mean, we're still seeing like 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 Dieter's still on the roster. Right. I mean, so like having DeMarcus around all this time, having um, having like Byron Pringle around all this time. If if the Chiefs don't re-sign Marcus Kemp, really the whole bottom tier of receiver could be new for the Chiefs um, next year. And, and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's good to like just go all fresh in there after several years together of, of whatever they've done. Yeah, I just I just this upcoming season, though, you have so much more talent at the top end. I know Byron Pringle, another guy I think Mahomes trusts, Demarcus Robinson, a guy they trust, but that's going to be filled with draft picks. Yeah, It's going to have to be. And 
you wanted Juju here because Juju Smith-Schuster takes over that third option. I know his TikToks, whatever you want to say about him, I think they're very obnoxious, annoying. Doesn't matter. He's a good football player. You know, yeah. he's, he's a good football player, and he does the dirty work. He's a souped-up D-Rob. You get some young guys to learn from Tyreek. McCole Hardman is finally starting to come into his own because they realize what he is not. They're not going to continuously put him in that wide receiver two role and expect him to produce. That's unfair to him because that's not who he is. He's not DK Metcalf. He's not scary Terry Sarah McLaughlin McLaurin. He's <laughs> not this, that, or the other. But they found a way to use McCole Hardman in a way that puts him in the best possible uh, area of success. It works. Use them in those wide receiver screens. Use them eight times a game in these uh, drawn-up plays specifically for him. It works out. That bumps him down one. I'm completely fine with the wide receiver room as long as they they get some guys in the draft. I don't think Cornell Powell is going to be a guy. I, th- I think he's a practice squad guy maybe at best. I don't know. I, maybe he ends up surprising us all. Josh Gordon, I know people have high hopes still. I know Matt Connor. you're probably still over here saying, but a full season – Full offseason in Kansas City. Let's <laughs> let's see what happens. If it happens, great, but I'm not going to count on Josh Gordon. Sure. End of the day, I, I'm still enthused with the wide receiver room as long as they go and draft a wide out in with one of their four top 100 draft picks. No, I don't I don't disagree with you on that plan, even though Josh Gordon's going to have 1,000 yards this year. I, I also think – I was just kidding about Josh Gordon having 1,000 yards. Josh Gordon's not going to have 100 yards this year, although that would be nice to see. Um, look, we want to talk about a trio of new signings for the Chiefs that came through the wire today. None of them are big. But before we do, just want to do a quick shout-out. Look, those of you out there, if you haven't already, consider signing up for the Arrowhead Attic YouTube membership. Membership gives you badges to distinguish yourself in our special Discord chat. Um, just last night, we had like a happy hour sort of chat. It was Sterling, myself, Matt Verderam, Patrick Allen, um, just kind of hanging out with other Chiefs fans. We were talking about like the craziest bit of memorabilia we have. And I uh, I actually admitted that I have two Thai Lodge jerseys and it was really fun to see a lot of other fans like the crazy memorabilia that they have the really cool autographs they've they've been able to get over time um anyway we have a special discord chat you get special themed emojis to use during our streams we you get inter exclusive videos and interviews but most importantly you get access to our discord channel for more information to join check out the description of this video or podcast just want to say even earlier today sterling and i sat down with former chiefs linebacker daddy nicholas um and talked to him he said for the first time ever on the record um about like how his time went with the chiefs what he's up to these days what it was like in the pre-draft season we'll have a preview of that at some point coming up on a show and we'll have the video in full but members will get an early preview of that. So just want to let you know that's a great thing going on uh, that you can get a part of. But three signings today. Mm-hmm. And Sterling, I want to get your take on this because we were just talking about the wide receiver room. The Chiefs today signed wide receiver Corey Coleman, who I remember very distinctly as being one in a long line of disappointing first-round picks made by the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> um I can't even say during their down years because that's all they've ever had is their down years. But today they signed Corey Coleman, who is who who was at the time lightning fast. Mm-hmm. He's had a broken hand. He's broken the same hand, and he's had a torn ACL at the pro level. That's kind of kept him from ever doing or being anything. What do you make of this? He hasn't had a rep since 2018. Mm-hmm. Like like, do you think anything of this maneuver? No, I, I, it'd be great. It'd be a great story, right? I mean, the Chiefs do love their former first round draft picks. That, that, that is 
If they if there's if they see drafted in the first round, the Chiefs are like, oh yeah, let's give him a shot. And I mean, who can blame him? When you look at the intangibles, you look at the athleticism, you're like, oh well, if he can get anything, he's only 27 years old, not a lot of miles on him because he hasn't been playing. So what's he going to look like? The injuries have been piling up. Uh, he was with the Browns for two seasons, traded to the Bills for a seventh-round draft pick, didn't make the Bills roster. Then he had brief stints with the Patriots and the Giants. I guess my initial thoughts here is if he makes the team fantastic, the Chiefs are going to have to have guys fill out the back end of the roster. They're going to have to have special teamers. If he can compete for that spot, that's fantastic. With how many large contracts are on the Chiefs, you're not going to have Byron Pringle for, what was it, $6 million be your wide receiver five, right? or wide receiver four, whatever you want to say. That's not going to happen. So the Chiefs are going to cut costs somewhere. This could be a a guy where you go, we liked what he was coming out of college five years ago, uh, six years ago. Um, Let's take a shot. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, you know, like I said, I mean, not since 2018. Josh Gordon, the same kind of scenario. What's interesting there, Josh Gordon and Corey Coleman, teammates on the Browns in 2016-17. Right, teammates on the Patriots, 2018. Hmm. Now teammates again. Maybe this is the combination to unlock Josh Gordon. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they needed to like sign a best friend to like get something. Moving. I don't know. I'm obsessed hmm. with Josh Gordon and his inability to become something for the Chiefs. Uh, but yeah, we're both we're both going. Basically, Corey Coleman is not going to matter. Oh, yet. don't give him a thumbs down. Don't don't thumbs down it. It's just uh. It's a, it's a, yeah, yeah, that was rude. Okay. What if, what if he saw, what if he saw you, you thumbs down him? You wouldn't do it to his face. I'm sorry. Come on, man. I'm sorry, Corey Coleman. Get, no, you give him a, let's see. We're, we're going to wait and see. <laughs> yeah. Look, um, what about, what about a cornerback? University of, um, out of San Diego State, Luke Barku, who spells it L U Q. And I saw the most hilarious Twitter thread saying this is the most Star Wars name in Chiefs history uh, that I thought was so great. What you have here is a, um, a cornerback, used to play wide receiver, switched to corner, still relatively new at the position. The Chiefs actually had a pre-draft interview with him um, before the 2020 draft. So they've, they've had their eye on him as a developmental guy for a couple years and mm-hmm. now pulled the trigger to like officially bring him in. Yeah, I... You know, it's they have a type that they like, right? They have a prototypical athletic profile that they look for. He's six foot one. He's very athletic um, and he's undrafted. I mean, Javarius Ward was undrafted. They find a way to get the most productivity out of cornerbacks that were like who than anyone else. Rashad Fenton, sixth round draft pick. Legarius Sneed, fourth round draft pick. Their former first rounders, Mike Hughes, DeAndre Baker, have, have not done anything. I know they didn't draft them, Kansas City, but they were still former first round guys. They have a athletic profile they look for, and that's who they go after. I don't know if he's going to be anything. I'm not. I'm not counting on on Luke to be this lockdown dude. But if he can compete for a spot, if he's a training camp guy, he is the athletic profile the Chiefs look for that Spags likes to use. You just hope he hits. You, you, it's a lottery ticket. That's what right. this is. If we're if we're taking just strictly business, take the personal aspect out of this. It's a lottery ticket. That's what they're trying to hit on. You keep scratching enough, eventually you'll hit, and that's what they're going for.
I, I want to talk about the trio overall and the kind of signings they are. But let's talk about one more. Later in the day, Elijah Lee, former K-State linebacker. Um, I think he's what, a four- or five-year NFL veteran now. Lands uh, with the Chiefs now in the preseason. Looks like a special teams play, maybe a substitute for a Ben Neiman type competing with Darius Harris. Do you know anything about Elijah Lee? Do you feel a thing about Elijah Lee? What are your, what are your uh, thoughts or feelings there? I mean, consecutive all Big 12 honors. Um, pretty solid in college for K-State, right? That's always a plus. The the K-Staters, the Wildcats around here, they probably have very fond memories of Elijah Lee. And again, I, I'm with you. These, these right here are not the moves that are going to necessarily have the fan base all stoked and excited for. But these are necessary moves throughout an offseason that – a lot of times go under the radar that teams need to make. When you are a Super Bowl contending team, when you have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, all these larger contracts, you have to fill your roster out somewhere. Again, these are all pieces, players that you need to have. As long as they can do something and not be a detriment, who was the Zaire, not Zaire Alex, uh, who was the guy that went to BYU, not Dan Sorensen? The guy, Zane, right? Zane. Anderson? You want special teamers. Yeah, Zane Anderson, whatever it was. You you want special teamers who don't make mistakes. As long as they don't make mistakes, you're happy, right? That ended up costing Kansas City. So yeah. let's go ahead and say they, they're trying to find these special teamers. They're trying to find spots that it's not sexy. You, there's not some edge rush. They didn't trade for uh, Daniil Hunter, but these are players that are necessary to fill out and construct a, a good roster. Yeah. Okay. But let me, let me push back a little bit here. We are in, we are just now in the first full week of free agency, right? It didn't start till last Wednesday. So technically we're still in the first like week of free agency in terms of like technical seven days. Here the chiefs are signing guys. Who's racing Brett Veach to get to Corey Coleman? Who, what team? What, is Elijah Lee not just replaceable with any other special teams linebacker guy? And do the Chiefs not already have two or three guys like him already on the roster? Here's what I'm here's what I'm wondering. A trio of signings like this, I mean it's fine, who cares whatever. But why now? Why all this why the attention on these spots now? There's going to be rookie tryouts and mini camps in May after the draft. And generally we see these signings then. Where after the draft the Chiefs look and go, "Oh, we got like four spots. Let's call the guys who have kind of had our interest, we'll invite them to our tryouts. That that's like what they did with like Doris Fountain, and then and then he like breaks through. Mm. So if this is like this year's Doris Fountain here and there or whatever, Oliva Hifo, some DiCaprio Boodle, whatever, right? Like some of these guys with crazy names who get signed. Um, I'm just thinking, why am I reading about this so early in free agency when there are glaring needs? Why are you even meeting with Corey Coleman's representatives right now? Corey Coleman's reps haven't met with anyone since like Brett Favre was a rookie. So why are we, <laughs> why are we dealing with this right now? I I know you're saying these guys are no big deal. They're neat on the roster, and, and it's it's like well, Matt, they're not getting paid seven million. You know they're going to be on veterans veteran minimums deal. They're they're not out here breaking the Kansas City Chiefs bank. Right. I'm just saying, why pay attention at all right now? Why not? If they think that another team later on, when the other teams are going through and doing their their due diligence on following their their the final back end roster construction, why not take a stab early? If you think they could even be a contributor, even just a tiny bit, it's okay. Like I, I'm not up in arms about it. I'm not super stoked. I'm not thrilled. This is just how, in my opinion, these are the signings that you don't really hear about that don't 
most fans, 98% of fans won't hear about, they won't talk about. We're just giving them the cup of coffee. Look, look, I'm just, I'm trying to find reasons to be angry. You don't have to poke holes in the reasons I have to be angry. (laughs) I'm trying to be angry fan right now. No. Okay. Look, um, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about um, edge rusher, edge rusher, edge rusher. Yeah is all over the comments for good reason. You guys, we hear you. We read it. We feel the same. Yeah. Today, today, Zadarius Smith, who once chose the Ravens over the Chiefs, then had another opportunity to make the right decision in free agency, and then he chose the Vikings over the Chiefs. If the Chiefs were really in it, as like the rumors said they were, then it's very clear that Zadarius Smith did not want to play for KC or that KC was not remotely close financially. Yeah. And so maybe they could stay in it as a contender and, oh, it'd be nice to play there, but I'm, I'd much rather cash this much bigger check from the Ravens and then, um, and then the Vikings, which, by the way, he backed out on the Ravens, took some heat there, the agent did. But what he ended up getting, he ended up getting like, it was four years, 36 guaranteed from the Ravens. Now it's three years, 42 guaranteed, if I'm right, from the uh, Vikings. So yeah. he made a lot more money, less time. I mean, good for him to get the money that he could, I guess. Are you like are you concerned by Zadarius not working out? And then and then what are you seeing there? What do you make of his spurning the Chiefs? And then what do you make of then like what's even left? Yeah, his agent did a great job. Uh that much is 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 true. I would love to see Zadarius Smith in Kansas City. I understand their concern with a 29-year-old coming off of injury. That's not a, a great spot to be. I think he played what was it, one game last year because it was at the back. I think yeah. it's a back injury. I know Kansas City has maybe some concerns. Mitchell Schwartz is back. I mean, like, that's a massive deal. And if you're going to sink that much guaranteed money when you have a lot of other pieces you're trying to get done, uh, it's risky. It's not yeah. a slam dunk. Uh, yeah. What I've liked, Zadarius Smith in, 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 a, in a vacuum in Kansas City, I would have loved it. I was beating the Zadarius Smith drum. I, at that price, I don't know. That That's a lot of of money to an injured player. We we've been spurned too many times. Justin Houston on a large contract got injured. Um, we saw Tyron, not Tyron Matthew, Eric Berry, you get hurt on a very large contract. Uh, D Ford had an injury concerns. And then what happened to D Ford? Like it's not just as simple cut as we saw what he was in the past. He will do the same here in Kansas city. I'm not saying he can't be some game changer, but I'm not opposed to, to Brett Veach and them saying, you know what? We just don't feel comfortable with the amount that we know is coming up. This though, to me screams, they better hit in the draft. They better hit an edge rusher in the draft or else this is going to be a major issue. Brett Veach, I think has done a great job overall. If you look at draft history, I think he's done a very solid job. Edge rusher, no, he is not. Yeah. He has swung and missed nearly every single edge guy. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little concerned. Uh, they'll have to figure out a way to buck that trend. I don't think Joshua can. Do they keep going after these developmental guys? But they have some early draft picks. They can hopefully get a more ready player, not a just complete project early on. But uh, but yeah, I'm nervous. <laughs> yeah, I um. I want to address even someone in the comments just said that, um, you know, hey, it's a long off season. And, and, you know, I agree. Like, it's not about panicking. I don't think you're not panicking. I'm not panicking. Even worry should be, should be, you know, like there's some nuance there. Like it's, but here's the thing. The Chiefs have, here's what I was thinking about earlier. The Chiefs have a mansion. Like if the, if the Chiefs have a house, it's a mansion. It's a multi-million dollar mansion outfitted with all these amazing things. Then imagine going to the bathroom and there's a hole in the ground to go to the bathroom with a garden hose coming through the window where you can wash your hands. 
That's the state of edge rusher right now. So they have this wonderful house and this one key room is looking worse than ever. And so even when I see some people say, well, don't worry, Melvin Ingram's out there. I'm thinking, well, look, I loved Melvin Ingram last year. He was a, he was a wonderful surprise for a half season. He provided a lot more than I ever thought he would to the Chiefs defense. But do I want to go into a new season banking on 17 games from a 32-year-old Melvin Ingram now at this point? Or do I want to go into a season hopeful, hoping that Melvin Ingram can be another nice rotational pass rusher? And you have Frank Clark who can never get over stomach issues, hamstring issues, whatever's going on there. It, there's always an injury problem that makes it inconsistent. Which is and, why you, by the way, you restructure Frank Clark and why yep. this, this is why I was saying for a while, don't be surprised if they restructure Frank Clark. This was yep. the exact scenario because if they did not, the Chiefs would be fucked. They would be boned. There'd, there'd be nothing there. Like it's, You have uh, Michael Dana and you and myself. I'm standing on your shoulders in a trench coat and we're trying to get a pass rush going. Like, this <laughs> is why you restructure. This is why I said it yeah. wasn't completely out of the, the equation. I get the contract. They did a masterful job, by the way, as far as what was um, basically $1.2 million over what they were going to cost to cut him. So. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, it, it, it's not an ideal scenario, but they made they made lemonade out of the lemons that they had there, for sure. Here's here's what I'm wondering. Here's what I want to ask you. It seems to me like last year Brett Veach said we're going to go work on the offensive line, and then he did, and it was solved in basically a year, right? This year, I don't know that we're going to see the defensive line solved in a year. I think it's going to be a two year project. And I think maybe that has surprised the Chiefs. Would you agree with that statement? 100%. Yeah, I agree. Like, this is not going to be a one-year fix. It's not like there's a whole bunch of guys just out there that Kansas City can pick up. There is not. When you looked at who was becoming a free agent at Edge, you're like, oh my gosh, everyone is like 32 years or older. The top guys are going to get massive contracts. Chandler Jones had five sacks in one game. And then after that, the rest of the season was kind of a, a coast. Yeah. Edge rusher is just incredibly difficult to hit on, and you almost always have to overpay to keep him there. Zadarius Smith coming off of a back injury playing one game with that contract, my goodness, right? Look at Von Miller. I understand the last, was it three years or basically funny money, but he's still getting a massive contract at that age. Like, it's not easy. The Chiefs need to draft and hit on an edge rusher. You can get those Michael Danas. You can get the rotational piece. You can take a stab, but eventually you're going to have to hit on someone. And that's been an issue. Yeah, but you pointed to there the draft history. Breland Speaks, Josh Kando. I mean, like even even when he moved heaven and earth to get Frank Clark in the first place. I mean, like has Brett Veach ever been right about a defensive end? I mean, I'm asking that as an honest question. And then is that disconcerting or is that too small of a sample size? for anyone to really make a judgment statement there at all. Yeah. I, I think it's too, too, uh, too small of a sample size. I, I do. Um, yeah. I, I, I think he was prudent to hold off on these big name guys because I do, I agree with um, ready whip in there at Von Miller for 20 million is a Darius Smith. Like there's concerns given that much money to older players. I'm fine with the draft pick scenario. I'm fine with bringing back Frank Clark if he's going to be in a rotational. Carlos Dunlap, I'm pretty sure, is still under contract for one more year. I keep seeing his name dropped in there. I don't know if you've Dunlap, seen trade for him. Was he I released? Think Dunlap is a free agent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I looked on Spot Rack just now 
And it says he is under contract for 2022. So maybe he was released. If I, if I did, sorry, I missed that. But yeah, Carlos Dunlap would be fine. I'm fine with a veteran, but as long as you bring in some rookies, and I, I want rookies that make a impact, you just have to hit. And Chris Jones, I know people like to slander Chris Jones for some reason. Chris Jones is still incredible. Chris Jones is still a top three interior defense alignment. Yes. Just because he spent half the season at, at DN and was horrendous doesn't mean he's not an phenomenal interior guy. He's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I would like to see a veteran. Um, I'd like to see like someone who makes sense, like a Dunlap or I don't know. I've got a lot of guys coming through on, in the comments section, or, or you know, or bringing up some of the same familiar names that we've seen. Jadavia Clowney is even out there. I'm not sure what I think of a lot of this. I like the idea of a veteran to go with. I would love to see a double dip at edge rusher in the draft, like one early and and I'd be fine with two early, but at least one early and one mid to late round. Like I I think you got to come away with at least two young guys. Sterling, you're uh, you're muted right now, Sterling. Sorry. I had my dog. I had to let him in. He uh, picked him up from the vet. He, uh, again, I told you about the tummy issues. So he was, whining to come in here uh but yeah i'm with ready whip in this case again do you want a team full of frank clarks no you don't want to overpay for for aging pass rushers you're going to have to hit on these young guys take your take your chance take a stab yeah um let's move on here because we've got movement like back and forth left and right in a lot of ways one guy still waiting i have like i'll read these reports and there's nothing concrete about tyron matthew like where's he going i'll see I'll see some teams loosely attached, but there's like no one of substance who's like making up a real report there of him going, you know, anywhere that like, like with any credibility that I can find. That's pretty rare for, for a free agent with his resume. You would think that there would at least be some smoke, some rumors that, that at least have some substance to them. Yeah. What do you make of the waiting game here? It's like musical chairs and and he's going to be left without a place. How do you interpret what's going on with him in the market? So what I said this morning was on Twitter, to me, the longer Tyron Matthews stays unsigned, the better chance he ends up coming back to Kansas City. This was a hot topic, apparently, like 1,600 likes. I'm getting people yelling at me and calling me an idiot for this. I'm like, dude, all I said was like, there's a better chance. I'm not saying Tyron Matthews coming back to Kansas City. I just personally believe that the longer he doesn't sign with a team, the better chance he is coming back to Kansas City. Matt Verderam talked about it yesterday on that Discord happy hour at the very end. It's much easier to spend, if you're an agent, two-year $20 million to Kansas City than two-year $20 million to the Jets, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. if his market is not what he thinks it is, which apparently it's not what he thinks he is, or else he'd be signed right now. You're, there's not many suitors. I, they love the Saints, but the Saints are in cap hell right now. It's not a bad thing if Tyron Matthew came back on a one, two-year deal for $20 million. I know people are saying, well, you already have Justin Reed. You already have Juan Thornhill. You know how often the Kansas City Chiefs use three safeties? How often yeah. they need and use multiple pieces? And They hardly ever have three linebackers on the field at the same time. Like I would yeah. love to define that number. I think Tyron Matthew would be very good in the slot. I, if you don't want to use him back in that safety role because you think he's aging and you think Reed's quicker at this point to get back there, not going to get burnt. Yeah, Tyron Matthew could make some sense. I don't think he comes back. I think he was disgruntled. I think that he had a whole bunch of issues. I think there could be potential um, you know, bridges burned. But if he swallows his pride and they realize the market isn't what it thought it was, Kansas City's not a bad landing spot. You know the system. You know what to do here. And he gets a chance to win a ring. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't know why anyone would say you're idiotic for for pointing out the fact that the longer it takes, 
the more open that portal seems to some sort of a reunion. Justin Reed is very versatile. Tyron's very versatile. Legereus Sneed is very versatile. Um, there's plenty of opportunities and reps for Tyron to get, even with Thornhill and Reed in the fold. One more for you before we go today. We got a little bit of an abbreviated episode for you all, but Sterling, I want to ask you this. The next move that you would like to see the Chiefs make, like in free agency, trade, whatever. I don't mean like the big one. I'm saying like, what would you like as you're scrolling Twitter tonight (laughs) because you can't sleep because your dog will not let you? Like, what do you hope to see? Anything to do with Edge. Anything. Literally anything. Jadavian Clowney, I'm getting to the point where I'm I, I'm getting to the point in, in the NFL offseason where I'm like, yeah, Jadavian Clowney makes a lot of sense. Like, that's <laughs> where I'm at now. In today's NFL, you have to have the quarterback and you have to have a guy that gets pressure and takes down the quarterback. Those are the two most important aspects in the game today. You, you got to find a way to get to get an edge guy. I, and the thing with Jadavian is I don't think he's going to be a three-year, $30, $40 million guy. Every single offseason, we expect that Jadavian's going to get this payday. Never happens. Yeah. It's always like some one-year deal. I expect that to continue. Yeah. Well, that, boy, that's a great answer. I I would probably agree with you on, on edge, but but just to provide a little bit something different. I think I'd like to see uh, a Daryl Williams re-signing. <laughs> It'd be fun just to bring him back into the fold. I like him. He, he had a wonderful breakout year. Uh, he's a fun guy to, to cheer for. It'd be it'd be cool to see him back again with a healthy Clyde and 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 uh, yeah, making the backfield go. So uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Even though it's a halfback, I don't know why I would choose that. As, <laughs> yeah, dude. Okay. You know, yeah. I, uh, I just Matt, I love you, dude. I love I you. To that that was know. fun. That was fun. I like that. Yeah. Here we go. You're a people hey, person. You, I am a people person. <laughs> By the way, introduce us to your dog. Uh, this is Bailey, and Bailey is uh, a little fussy right now. He's got tummy issues, so he's a little fussy. Uh, I'm a little fussy. You just described me on like every <laughs> every Tuesday. Uh, I'm fussy with some tummy issues, too. My name is Matt Connor. Uh, you've been listening to me and Sterling Holmes at Homestretch KC. I'm at Matt Connor, AA. In about 48 hours, you can expect this very space to be filled with Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam for further Chiefs talk here on the AA podcast. Um, if you haven't already, um, if you're watching via video, feel free to click the like button and uh, and give us a shout out and a review. Uh, check out membership options in the info section on the audio podcast or the video, wherever that's listed at. But uh, as always, we're just so thankful for anyone who ever checks us out and for listening or watching. Go Chiefs, and we'll see you next time.